Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities than that that I'm going through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Very comfortable, turned foggy evening at Lambeau Field. Results in a Packers win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 27-17. The final, Green Bay improves to 3-1 with the win today. Riding a three-game winning streak after that opening week loss in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. Welcome into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended. That's great news at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Up to five years, no interest, five months, no payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik. We will be happy to take your calls until 9 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network. We'll do it at 855-616-1620. Boys of the Packers, Wayne Larravee is going to join us here from the booth in just a moment. Very interesting day at Lambeau Field where, you know, at the start of the season, you look at this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and you think, all right, there you go. Pair of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, going to take the field at Lambeau. Nice fall day at Lambeau Field, and I'll see how it goes. Pittsburgh, Green Bay, notoriously tough teams, proud histories. And today, one team clearly outclassed the other, and that was the Packers uh, really controlling this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Aside of an early drive from Pittsburgh, they scored in their first opportunity. Um, I don't want to say a busted play, but Ben Roethlisberger stepping up in the pocket and delivering a deep ball to Deontay Johnson, who beat Jair Alexander, which doesn't happen terribly often in one-on-one coverage. And that was about it. I mean, it felt like it was pretty much downhill for the Steelers at that point. Meanwhile, the Packers started to generate momentum in that second quarter, especially scoring 17 of their 27 points before the half. 855-616-1620. As it gets settled in here, perhaps on your drive home, take your time. Got you covered here on Packers OT as we go back to the broadcast booth and welcome in the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. You know, Wayne, I keep looking at, you know, who's playing, who's not playing, who gets injured, who goes out. And first and foremost, there's now back-to-back weeks with this, this young offensive line stepping into a situation where they're facing a ferocious front. And I, I don't know what else you can ask for out of this group. I mean, this seems like about as good a performance as you could expect in back-to-back weeks, all things considered. Not perfect, but, man, this is pretty good stuff here overall from the offensive line. Yeah, I think so. They they didn't allow the Steelers up front to destroy the game, which is very possible, and the Steelers have a regu- do that with regularity with Cam Hayward and, and uh, T.J. Watt back on the field today. And they got their numbers, Greg. I mean, they had a couple of sacks. They had like seven tackles for losses, I think almost 12 quarterback hits, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the stats. So they did, you know, they were able to do their thing, but the difference was the Packers didn't allow anyone on that defensive front to turn the game around, to change the game. And, and so I think that was the big thing. The other thing that stood out to me, I don't know about you, uh, big Ben hit that big pass play to Deontay Johnson to start the ball game right over Jair Alexander. I mean, right over Jair, who's given up a couple of touchdowns now in the first month of the season and, and a lot of pass complete, several pass completions. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Ben was able to complete that pass, but there were at least, we were counting, four or five other 
touchdown opportunities that he flat out missed. And, you know, it goes back to that elbow surgery he had that cut short his 2019 season. And since then, he doesn't have the accuracy, the touch. Oh, he can hook up on an occasional deep pass, but doesn't have the accuracy and touch that a pro quarterback needs. In other words, Ben Roethlisberger really can't make all the throws anymore. Wayne, he was missing screen passes. Like it, it wasn't just the deep ball. Like, like it, this was right. this was as bad as I've seen Ben Roethlisberger in, in years. And, and I guess I haven't walked much of the Steelers leading up to this point, but the, the numbers are what the numbers are. He was under six yards in attempt and completion today. Well, you know what was incredible, and I watched all three of their first three games, and, and I talked to Kevin Harlan on the play-by-play podcast this week. He did the Steelers last week. He did the telecast on the Steelers last week in their loss at home to Cincinnati. And we were talking about Ben Roethlisberger, and, you know, at 39 years old, I, hey, he's only a year older than Aaron Rodgers, but the difference in the two quarterbacks and their performance level at this stage of the game is, is stark. It, it really is. Um, the thing that, that you looked at coming in was that, 25% of the throws in the Pittsburgh offense went to receivers who were behind the line of scrimmage. That was coming into today's game. Obviously, they saw Stokes out there. They attacked. They weren't afraid of Jair. They beat him over the top. But um, the fact is, most of the uh, passing game had been very short and very quick. Two reasons. Number one, Ben is not as accurate downfield as we just pointed out. Number two, the offensive line. Their offensive line is very young and, quite frankly, is not performing on the same level as the Packers' offensive line is, even though the Packers have two rookies in their line as well. So uh, it's just a big difference. And I, I think, you know, there's still the Steelers still have people on defense. They have excellent skill position people. I think the best rookie running back in the game um, is Najee Harris by far. He is just a monster. But um, when it it comes to make it go, that quarterback position, that's a tough spot now for the Steelers. It was like turn back the clock day here at Lambeau Field, Wayne, with Randall Cobb stepping into a a starring role (laughs) right away on that first drive. I mean, all of his conversions, uh, completions, I should say, were for third downs or a touchdown the entire game, which is pretty amazing. But uh, he outdoes his season stats today, and most of that was in the first quarter. Uh, obviously, MVS is out, so the snap count was going to be you know, divided among the uh, eligible and healthy receivers. But that's just fun to watch. Randall Cobb at Lambeau Field catching touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers. It's just not going to get old today. <laughs> <Was> that, <laughs> there was that one play. Uh, it was at a third down. He made the catch near the 50-yard line, and I flashed back to that opener of, I think, 2018. Remember when he caught the pass and beat the Bears all the way down the field for the Packers to win, and I think it was almost like a walk-off type thing. I mean, he was doing that. He still can play. I, I, I don't you know, I, I don't know. Hey, I'm not a talent evaluator. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a scout, but, and I'm not with pro football focus. But, but i got to tell you, that guy can still play, and Aaron Rodgers was absolutely right about that guy. Fun to watch Randall Cobb play today as the offense find its way in the second quarter, especially against the Steelers, 27-17 the final. Uh, there is a bit of an injury concern here with Jair Alexander. We hope yeah. to learn a little bit more. We'll step into the locker room a little bit later, Wayne. But a shoulder injury, and and then all of a sudden you're looking out there and you see you know Isaac Yadam and, and Eric Stokes, and you're thinking, well, I, if the Steelers are going to get back into this, they're, they're going to have to take their shots. They, they really did. They had one drive that it ultimately netted a touchdown. Uh but, you know, Stokes was picked on today a little bit, but it, it always seems like he was right there, right? It was never like, whoa, hoots, he just got roasted on that play. I don't think I've said yeah. that about Eric Stokes yet this year. It just seems like it's all moving the right direction. He gave up some completions, Wayne, 
but it felt like he was right there. And then the end result, at the, really to clinch the game here, uh, was a pick of Ben Roethlisberger when they were in desperation mode. What did you think of the kids' play? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you know I thought he hung in there really well, and you know obviously uh, that offense, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, Ben Roethlisberger, you know they're going to test that kid. There's no question about that. But I thought really what they when they went over the top on Jair Alexander, I said, whoa, wait a minute here, because the first two passes had been against uh, Stokes. But I thought you know hey you know they're not afraid of anybody back there. So um, but I thought Stokes hung in there well. The thing I look is at with a defensive back like that, a corner especially, is his body length. Language. Can you tell? Is he losing confidence? That type of thing. He he did not. And even the pass interference penalty, I thought down on the goal line in the fourth quarter that set up the final TD um, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Ticky tack. I mean, you know what I mean. I've seen them. Let, they were letting a lot more than that go in this ball game without calling it. So I thought the kid acquitted himself well. I think he's getting better and better, Greg. I know he's going to get a lot of traffic. Don't don't. Hey, folks, he's going to give up plays. He's going to get beat for touchdowns. They're going to test him all season. But in the end, if he keeps his composure as he appears to be doing, I think he's going to be a fine player. Boy, the interception he made was just outstanding. You know, the rap on him coming out of college, Greg, was the the, the officials, uh, the officials, the uh, scouts were saying, not Packer scouts, but scouts in general were saying, the problem with this kid, he has bad hands. Well, he made a great play, I thought, on that first interception of his, uh, uh, of his um, career and uh, hopefully many more to come. You know, obviously week one didn't go terribly well, Wayne, and, and that was uh, an easy game to overreact to, being week one of the regular season after a tumultuous offseason. But now we're at the quarter pole. Now you've got a little more sample mm-hmm. size. Different opponents have come in who do different things well. How do you assess the Green Bay Packers here? Just kind of a, a broad view after a month of the season. Yeah, after the first week of the season, I remember you and I talking on the air and, and saying that, hey, listen, um, you know, we're going to find out, not necessarily against Detroit, but against San Francisco and Pittsburgh. And um, I think we've found something out these last two weeks, Greg, and I think we found the Packers are a very good football team. Now, are they Super Bowl caliber at this stage? Absolutely not. Um, I don't know if you really want to be Super Bowl caliber at this stage. But will they be in the mix? Well, a lot of that will depend on how all these injuries pan out and who gets hurt and who doesn't get hurt for the Packers as we move forward. But the fact is they do have a squad here that is capable of making a Super Bowl run, in my opinion. But are they ready now? No, the offensive line. You've got two rookies in there. You've got two, your two best players that didn't even play here today in the, on the offensive line, okay? Um, your defensive front. Kings, uh, Kingsley Kiki. Uh, Finally got into the mix, made a play. Hopefully that will spark him because Kenny Clark has been tremendous on that defensive line. But you need more than one. And and so I, I think those things, Rashawn Gary showed up today with a big sack. I thought that was outstanding. Um, you know, those are the things that have to start happening um, for the Packers really to be Super Bowl caliber. Um, you know, not yet, but will they be? Maybe. Hopefully, if they have luck with injuries, because I see this team, this squad getting better. I think this coaching staff does a whale of a job with them. Yeah, injuries in the early part of the season allow you to test your depth, and you always need depth to be a Super Bowl team, so the Packers are certainly developing that here, uh, whether you want to or not, uh, in the first month of the season. Wayne, another guy I want to ask you about here before we let you go is uh, Devondre Campbell. So it was really my first opportunity to hone in on his play from you know the view mm-hmm. of the press box, so looking and seeing how what kind of ground he covers. I, I know Packers inside linebackers make a lot of tackles. It's just how the systems have... Uh, dictated it over the years. 
but he seems like he's forcing the action more um, than in years past, and, and, and there have been some up-and-down play from the inside linebacker position. I, I, I put him under the category of fun to watch, right? I'm not, I'm not a linebacker. I didn't play one on TV. I just think he's kind of fun to watch, and he does a lot of things right, and he's got great size. Like, he's a nice piece, it seems, in this puzzle. Yeah, he is, and he's definitely an upgrade over Christian Kirksey. Nothing, um, no, not saying anything disparaging about Christian Kirksey, but this player is a little bit more of an upgrade in that he has a little more snap, crackle, and pop to his game, as Larry McCarron would say. Um, the thing I like about him, he's long. Greg, we saw that he came in uh, minicamp is when they acquired him, uh, not for the OTAs, but for minicamp, and you could see he was a long athlete, linear athlete. Uh, you wondered how much ground he could cover. Um, he had started at Arizona all of last year. Now you can see why he did uh, he had been a starter in atlanta and but the thing that he brings to the party is that an inside linebacker who can cover backs and tight ends okay he can cover those guys will he get beat some of course he will but um he he is capable of doing that and his length certainly helps him in that regard seems to be a very heady player he's the guy who wears the communication uh, device in his helmet um and he has just been outstanding you know the guys up front on this defense that have really come to the fore and played well i think of the first month of the season. Obviously, it starts with Kenny Clark. I think uh, Devondre Campbell, uh, Preston Smith has played very well. Those are the guys that, to me, are really making a difference for this defense in the front seven, and they need to because this is where the Packers have to be better uh, to make that Super Bowl run in December and January. Yeah, it might be a while before you see Zadarius Smith on the field at two. This is going to be quite a season as the Packers develop with a new coordinator, but now they've got two performances under their belt where they've held the opposition under 20 points. That's winning football when you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Great stuff, Wayne. Great call as well. Drive carefully in the pea soup, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> You know, it's one of those uh, gold uh, uh, games, and so I might not make it home. I'm just for my wife, Julie. I'm not probably going to be home until about Wednesday. That's how long it takes for the Milwaukee crowd to move from Green Bay back home. But, no, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, and I know a lot of people are listening. Just be patient, folks. It's foggy out there, and it's going to be uh, – it is going to be a character builder on the way home, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that uh, that private jet's in the shop, but once that gets out, uh, your, your travels home will be much easier and safer, Wayne. Good stuff as Take always, care, my friend. Greg. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. You do the same. Wayne Larry, voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us here on Packers OT. We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. Join us here on the Packers Radio Network following the Packers' 27-17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Step aside here momentarily for a look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. We believe in better. Let's start in the NFC North with the 1-2 Vikings taking on the 2-1 Cleveland Browns. Low-scoring affair. It would be decided in the final play from scrimmage with the Vikings trailing 14-7. to seven. Three receivers right to right on the play of the game. Trailing 14-7, Cousins, Cousins takes the snap, takes the snap. He'll float out to the left, he'll throw to the end zone! Incomplete, in fact, uh, intercepted perhaps by John Johnson. That is the end of the game. Paul Allen with the call, Vikings Radio Network. Vikings led this game 7-0 after the first quarter. They failed to score a point the rest of the way. In Chicago, rookie quarterback Justin Fields makes his second career start. He's helped out by the Bears' running game. On the hand up, here's Williams banging down, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Right up the middle between the hash marks, Williams in from four yards. 
Damian Williams with the score. 55 yards rushing on the afternoon. Jeff Joniak with the call. WBBM, the Bears Radio Network. Williams took over lead back duties in the fourth after David Montgomery suffered a knee injury. Early reports indicate a hyperextension. Three rushing touchdowns for the Bears in a 21-0 win over the now 0-4 Detroit Lions. And if you have Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill on your fantasy team, you're probably smiling. For the Chiefs, last play before the two-minute warning. Chiefs are going to throw it here, and Mahomes is throwing it up. He's got Tyreek Hill open and pulls it in. Touchdown, Kansas City! A sellout blitz by the Eagles. It goes as a 44-yard touchdown. Chiefs Radio Network with the call. A massive day for Hill. 11 receptions, 186 yards, and three scores. Five touchdown passes for Mahomes in a 42-30 road win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Elsewhere around the league, it was Washington over Atlanta, 34-30. The Ravens upend the Broncos, 23-7. Both teams now 3-1 on the season. It was the Bills blanking the Texans 40 to nothing. The Texans fall to 1 and 3. The Bills now 3 and 1. Cowboys over the Panthers 36 to 28. 300 yards passing for Sam Darnold and two scores in a losing effort. Ezekiel Elliott a buck 43 in the ground and a touchdown. Colts over the Dolphins 27-17. First victory of the year for Indianapolis. Browns beat the Vikings as we mentioned 14 to 7. The Giants are in the win column with a 27-21 win over the New Orleans Saints. Saints now 2 and 2. After that blowout win over Green Bay in week one. The Jets in overtime outlast the Tennessee Titans 27-24. Tennessee played without its top two wideouts, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Cardinals are one of two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. 37-20, they pound the Rams in a battle of NFC West Division teams. It was the Seahawks over the 49ers 28-21. Football tonight in Foxborough with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers visiting Bill Belichick and the Patriots. No, Belichick's not a player, but you get it. And Monday Night Football features the undefeated Raiders taking on the Chargers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Title Town is back to rocket. This is Green Bay Packers Football on News Radio WTMJ. And the snap. Rodgers sets. Now scrambles right on the run, and he takes it himself around the right end of the end zone. Untouched for the touchdown, and he spiked the ball in the right corner of the end zone. The Packers are on the board. That capped a 13-play, 64-yard drive, 4 minutes, 51 seconds, came off the clock. The Packers ended up tying the Pittsburgh Steelers, who took a 7-0 lead. Going to get just Blitzkrieg the rest of the way. 27-17, the final late touchdown by the Steelers made things more cosmetically appealing. But nonetheless, a pretty clean victory for the Green Bay Packers, who improved to 3-1. and one. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Packers OT is presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's go to the phone, shall we? It's Anthony in Heartland joining us first out of the shoot. Welcome to the program. Hi, Anthony. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to call and say, uh, you guys kind of touched on it earlier, I was really impressed with our offensive line today, uh, especially because, you know, we lose Ellen Jenkins with a two and ankle earlier. Uh, the Who's back here to an ACL, Portland to free agency, and, and yet still, I mean, last week I feel like we held up well against San Francisco, and today we stood up to TJ Watt and those guys. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on, you know, for lack of a better term, like, how have we held up so well? 
Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Anthony. There's a couple things that stand out to me, and you know, I, I don't think you can overlook the challenge of playing in San Francisco against the 49ers. That was their home opener, by the way. I mean, it's just a hostile environment to begin with, but that's their home opener. So fans are pretty well charged up. The bright lights of Sunday night football, and just everything about that speaks to a, a very challenging situation for any offensive line, much less one starting two rookies, a second-year player in John Runyon, and Yash Nyman, who's really, I guess, a third-string tackle thrust into duty against Nick Bosa. And then today... You do it on the home field against T.J. Watt. And for all of the, the shortcomings here, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensively, especially against the run, is where they flex their muscles. So back-to-back opportunities here against defenses that are physical. They have a ferocious pass rush. They can get home with four. They've got an all-pro in T.J. Watt. They've got an all-pro in San Francisco in Nick Bosa. And, and the Packers were, were, were steady against them. A couple things that I look at here. Penalties. There were three penalties for the Packers for 25 yards. Again, consider the offensive line that started today. Penalties have not been an issue with that offensive line. I think there were two instances where there was just some sort of breakdown. There was a free rusher, Devin Bush, who got to Aaron Rodgers in the first half. And then uh, it looked like Royce Newman tried to pull on a running play for Aaron Jones. And he actually pulled into Josh Myers, the center, who was pushed back. And that just blew up and uh, was a loss for Aaron Jones. There were some negative yardage plays, and not everything was clean. And Aaron Jones, he ran for a little over three yards a carry. So that's still kind of a work in progress. But put it all into perspective, I just don't know what else you can ask out of this group. You know, they're still catching teams with free plays on occasion. This is a new relationship between a rookie center and a veteran quarterback. Corey Lindsley was so good at that, right? There's such a timing element to the 12 men on the field play. And it's just... It, it's been interesting to watch. It has not been a disaster, and it seriously it, it can be for teams. The Packers are more than holding their end of the bargain up here with the offense. And some of it, by design, is Aaron Rodgers getting rid of the football uh, pretty quick. And I get it. He didn't have your deepest threat today in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, so the deep ball was... It wasn't much a part of the game plan. It has been when MVS is on the field. In fact, it was against San Francisco. They took deep shots against that pass rush. So I, I like what I'm seeing overall. I, I think it's encouraging, and it, it gives you confidence that some of these guys can step in if called upon in big-time situations. And specifically, I'm talking about Nyman. You're going to see plenty of Myers on the field throughout the season, plenty of Newman, probably John Runyon, too, until David Bakhtiari gets back. And uh, hopefully Elton Jenkins will be back in week four, or excuse me, week five. But, yeah, I think overall, fairly encouraging signs from this Packers offensive line. Not sure what else you can ask out of that group. 27-17 the final. would love to have you on the line to talk about it here at 855-616-1620. Do join us here. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. the snap. Rush on. Rodgers with time initially. Waits. Throws. Left side. He's got Randall Cobb barreling to the end zone. Touchdown! Green Bay! 
Aaron Rodgers connected with Randall Cobb for two touchdowns and ran for another as the Packers pick up win number three in a row, 27-17 over the Steelers here at Lambeau Field. For every touchdown scored by the Packers this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Today, a donation of $6,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will keep it up per touchdown throughout the season. 2000 bucks, two touchdowns for hunger throughout the season, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee, Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Jeff in Superior joins us on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Hi, Jeff. Yes, sir. Good evening. I spoke with you last after the Packers uh, lost a few games in the preseason. But now I think we're seeing a team that believes in each other. They have definitely formed a winning attitude. It's really awesome to see. It's manifesting itself in victory after victory. we got a really good uh, schedule for the next two weeks. We're on the road. This is when we need to be together as a team, and we need to believe in each other. And I'm very excited about our possibilities in the next two weeks. I hope you share that. Jeff, I thought about you after the week one loss. Do you know why? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, because, I I got, you because I got on you. I got on you after you a call saying that the, the attitude, the winning culture wasn't there after a preseason loss, and I said, Jeff, you're crazy. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. The Jets need no. to build the culture. The Packers have it. And then week one happened, and I said, you know what? I hope Jeff isn't right. God, I hope Jeff isn't right. Uh, and things have calmed down, certainly, Jeff. So I'm glad we can share this moment together after a three-game winning streak, and, and hopefully it continues uh, into more. But after week one, I was a little uh, – the door was open for conversation and questioning after that first game, Jeff, no doubt about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate, yeah you bet. Appreciate the phone call from Superior. Hey, I, we all question. I, week one was a mess, and I didn't. maybe it was the perfect storm pun not intended, with New Orleans being displaced and coming into Jacksonville, and it's not our home, but we're going to make it our home, and the Packers fans were there, not as many Saints fans, and holy smokes, did that get sideways in a minute. And even after the first half of the Detroit game, I I think we all still wondered, like, what is going on here? It's just, this doesn't look right. And the second half of the Detroit game through San Francisco, through today's game, I think you all feel a little bit better, right? You have to feel a little bit better about what you've seen. You have to feel a lot better about what you've seen from this Packers team. This is twice now this season the Packers have held an opponent under 20 points. That's a recipe for winning football. A couple turnovers today. The interception by Eric Stokes. You also had the forced fumble and sack from Kingsley Kiki. That resulted in a Packers score. Those are winning plays, stealing possessions, and then cashing in on those opportunities. We've seen that so far here. Uh, in the start of the season, but also matching physicality. Uh, I think that's been perhaps the thing that has stood out the most, and, and really against San Francisco is when I first noticed it. That's an incredibly physical team that I thought the Packers pushed around, and today again, I think you saw hints of that in a win over the Steelers, a uh, much more comfortable win, I think, than the final score would indicate. But steps in the right direction with a ways to go. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. if you'd like to join us. Fred was at the game today. You are on Packers OT. Hi, Fred. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. First time, long time. Uh, just wanted to get on the airwaves here and say how can people – I keep hearing it at work and just throughout the day that Rodgers is not the best quarterback in the, in the league. I mean, 
it's incredible. Yeah, he misses a couple of throws here and there, but he gets it done. I don't care what he does outside of football. The guy is an absolute MVP. He's a stud. He gets the win. What else can you ask for? Um, also curious on what we thought on that third down when we were tossing towards Devontae, maybe Randall Cobb. There was a mix-up in the routes. I don't know what was going on there. But just wanted to get out on the airwaves and say, there's nobody better. I'm happy with where we are. We're definitely a Super Bowl team. You know, I mean, yeah, week one, not great. But we're, we're, we've got a team here looking great, and I'm, I'm very happy as a Packer fan, as an uh, owner. Very happy. Your thoughts. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Fred. Hope you had fun today, and uh, drive safe as you, you get out of Lambeau Field. Looks like the traffic is not letting up, so take your time, pack your patience here. Uh, big number here, I think, for the Packers, 9-15 of on third down. They had five conversions on that first drive alone, three of which went to Randall Cobb. So you talk about you know, performing when you needed to, and, and a lot of that was – you know, manageable situations, third and one, third and four, third and three, as I go down the line. There were very few, if any, third and eights or more. There were a couple, not many, though, today. So very manageable situations. Your playbook stays open. You don't allow a team like the Steelers to sort of pin their ears back and get after you. There was a third and three on that first drive in which A.J. Dillon was given the ball, and T.J. Watt was dropping back into coverage. That is a win all day long. On third down, a money down in the NFL, if you got T.J. Watt in coverage, you're doing something right. That happened today as A.J. Dillon plowed forward for a four-yard gain on third and three. Dillon was doing a lot of that today. It wasn't fancy when he was getting the ball running up the gut. I think they ran the same play or the same variation three, four times in a row in that fourth quarter. And they were getting yards with A.J. Dillon just sort of plowing ahead as the Packers were looking to salt the clock. So, uh, yeah, things moving in the right direction, no doubt. And I think you could say the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He has been in control here since week one of the season. He did not play in the preseason, and the Packers looked like a team that didn't play any of their starters in the preseason. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a mess. And, yeah, maybe it's a mulligan game. Maybe that game happens in week ten in different years, and it just so happened to happen in week one here this season. But nonetheless, the Packers have rebounded and gained control of the NFC North Division, have a three-game winning streak. They'll tape it on the road to face Cincinnati a week from today. 27-17, the final. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. From the shotgun, snap to Rodgers, looks around, has time, throws it over the middle, Pat's got it, cross the 50, outside the right hash mark, down he goes! 48-yard line of Pittsburgh. Terrell Edmonds made a touchdown-saving stop. Well, win or lose, a fresh haircut's always a great way to boost your mood, right? But it's even better when you get easy check-in, easy out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. It's easy in, easy out, easy great. Randall Cobb, our Great Clips player of the game today. Keep this in mind, Cobb entered today's game with four receptions and 58 yards. Three games. Today, Cobb had six for 59 and two scores as the Packers played without Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Saw the snap count increase for Amari Rodgers today. Saw a little more distribution of the ball today from Aaron Rodgers, but Randall Cobb on that first drive alone, three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown all on third down. So he was a money man for Aaron Rodgers today, and uh, great to see that at Lambeau Field. Not that I don't want to see that on the road in Detroit or Minnesota or wherever the Packers travel, Cincinnati next week. That'd, that'd be great. 
But it's just good to see that connection with Randall Cobb and the fans here at Lambeau Field. That, that's a special connection dating back to 2011 when he electrified the crowd with a long touchdown return on a kickoff as a rookie. Then he scored his first touchdown as a receiver in that game. In fact, he tells a funny story about running the wrong route. Uh, he screwed up the play, but Aaron Rodgers still found him for a touchdown. So this is going on, you know, 10 years now of, of Randall Cobb making memories at Lambeau Field. Always great to see that and fun to see it tonight as well. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We've got Mike in West Virginia joining us next. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Good, man. What you got? Hello? Hey, um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, two things. I'm originally from Wisconsin, by the way. Anyway, um, yeah, injuries. Uh, in the first two years of the LaFleur era, we really didn't have a lot of injuries, and it was miraculous. But today we're dealing with, obviously, Bakhtiari, you know, the greatest tackle in the game, according to most, and including me. Um, and secondly, uh, wide receivers. And thirdly, we're missing the Smith brothers. But yet we seem to overcome that. I think what one of the characters of a great team is their ability to overcome the fact that they are missing great players and simply depth. So I wanted to see what you had to say about depth. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. You never know exactly what sort of depth you have. I think things on paper, I mean, that's one thing. You can look at a depth chart and you can figure out who goes where, but but really it amounts to finding the, the way to get your best players on the field. So we've seen Matt LaFleur shuffle the offensive line in a manner that, doesn't necessarily speak to the depth chart, but he feels like, hey, this is the best group we got, so this is what we're going to run with. And that's been challenged here. And you talk about removing David Bakhtiari, Nelton Jenkins, and keep in mind Corey Lindsley was an all-pro center a year ago. So you're starting two rookies, and we've outlined this throughout the course of the preseason and the first few weeks of the season. The offensive line is a mixed and matched unit, and, and they're holding up. And they've done so now in back-to-back weeks against the 49ers in prime time on Sunday night football on the road. And again here today against T.J. Watt. And a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that it is the heart and soul of this team. It used to be the offense with defensive stars. It used to be a well-balanced team. Now they are a bit of a mess with their quarterback situation. Uh, But defensively, I think they still have some teeth. But there was more of that today, more of the depth. Uh, Randall Cobb is not ceremonial. He's not just brought back to appease Aaron Rodgers. He can play, and and it, you showed it again today. He was the money guy on the money down in the NFL today, and this without MVS on the field, which takes your deep ball threat away and forces you into more underneath situations. Uh, occasionally, you'll spring Devontae deep. I think they tried a deep ball today, or Aaron at least bootlegged out to one, and then ultimately had to duck and cover in what amounted to a, a, a sack and a loss of a couple of yards. But then knows Adarius Smith, and this is concerning to me, along with Jair Alexander, who left with a shoulder injury. We hope to have an update for you here before we get off the air at 9 o'clock. But your best pass rusher, one of the best and most productive pass rushers in the NFL since he arrived in Green Bay, is out. And you may not see him for a while. It's... I'm not holding my breath on Zadarius Smith, but I am certainly hopeful. So it's a pretty significant challenge here I think the Packers are facing. It's not only on the offensive line. They saw it at receiver today. They've seen it at linebacker, uh, rush linebacker since the start of the season. And now they could be tested at corner going in to face a Cincinnati team with a speed burner in Jamar Chase, an accurate thrower of the football in Joe Burrow, the quarterback in Cincinnati. They've got some talent on offense the Bengals do, so yeah, hopeful for Jair to be okay, but he left with a shoulder injury and was carted off 
that is certainly never a good sign. Pretty impressive stuff from the Packers, though, today against Pittsburgh. Uh, I think the final score is a little misleading. I, the Packers were in firm control of this game. A late touchdown, I think, makes things a little more cosmetically appealing if you're a Steelers fan. But I, the, the Packers scored 17 second-quarter points. And, and this, to me, at the end of the third quarter, it, it felt a little more like a blowout to me. But pretty uh, impressive rebound from that Week 1 loss to the New Orleans Saints. Let's catch you up on what happened around the league here in week four of the NFL season. And our look around the league is brought to you by Cousin Subs. We believe in better. Let's start in the AFC, shall we? No, let's not. Let's go to the NFC West. A showdown in the Bay Area between the 49ers and Seahawks where Russell Wilson flexed his muscle. Empty backfield. Three receivers to his right. Here comes the blitz. Russ throws inside. Ball is caught. DK makes the catch. Reaches for the goal line. Does he break the plane? Does he break the plane? He does. Touch Seahawks! Steve Rabel with the call for Cairo. K-I-R-O, the Seahawks Broadcasting Network. One of two passing touchdowns for Wilson. He also ran for one. Seahawks over the 49ers, 28-21. to More from the NFC West where the Rams fall from the ranks of the unbeaten. The Arizona Cardinals remain unbeaten. Murray and shotgun. Snap to Kyler. Short set. Moving to his right a little bit. Now throwing deep. Far side, and it's pulled in at the five-yard line by A.J. Green. Into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Green just too strong, too big, too athletic. That was the Cardinals' first score of the game. There would be plenty more. Cardinals 37, Rams 20. Dave Pash with the call for the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals now a perfect 4-0. In the AFC, a late afternoon clash of the Broncos and Ravens in Denver with a little Hollywood mixed in. Second and ten. Broncos rush four. Jackson with time. Going deep. He's looking at Hollywood Brown at the five. He reaches up, and he makes a diving catch. Hollywood Brown. Welcome back to the end zone for a touchdown. 316 yards passing for Lamar Jackson. Jerry Sandusky, WBAL, the Ravens game day network with the call. Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater left this game after and is being evaluated for a concussion. Ravens pick up the win on the road in Denver with a final score of 23-7. to Elsewhere around the league, 290 yards and three touchdowns for Taylor Heineke. The Washington football team tops Atlanta 34-30. Bills hammered the Texans 40 to nothing. It was the Bears over the Lions 24-14. Detroit now 0-4. Bears one game back to the Packers with a record of 2-2. The Dallas Cowboys offense in high gear, 36 points today in handing the Carolina Panthers its first loss of the season, 36-28 the final, both teams 3-1 and on the year. Colts over the Dolphins, 27-17. It was the Browns over the Vikings, 14-7. Kirk Cousins pass on the final play of the game, intercepted in the end zone. Could have been a game-tying score pending the extra point. Giants need overtime, but they beat the Saints, 27-21. Speaking of overtime, the Jets pick up win number one of the season, 27-24, over the Tennessee Titans. Chiefs hammer the Eagles, 42-30. Sunday night football, it's the Buccaneers and Patriots. We'll get you an update on that coming up in a few moments. Monday night football, Raiders against the Chargers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Knock off the Steelers 27-17 here at Lambeau Field. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. 
Press coverage by the Packers. Here's the snap. Roethlisberger looking. He's hit. Ball is fumbled. It's up for grabs. Inside the Pittsburgh 25. A pile up near the 23. It appears the Packers have it. Kingsley Kiki went in there and reached out and swatted that ball loose. Whatever it takes, play of the game presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Kingsley Kiki on a third and six. Collapsed the pocket. Got into Ben Roethlisberger. It made contact with his throwing arm. Sort of knocked the ball loose, but then shoved Roethlisberger to the ground. Ball was recovered by Kenny Clark. And it didn't take long for the Packers to reach the end zone. Four plays later, and Green Bay was up 14-7. to So a key moment early in that second quarter. That was the first drive of the second quarter for the Steelers. It was a third and six. Kiki blew it up. Pocket collapsed. And then the Packers just needed a few plays to find the end zone and uh, take a 14-7 to lead. They would not look back in winning 27-17. to Let's talk to Ian in New York. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ian. How's it going, guys? So I called in last Good week. Good man, what you got today? For the I was excited for the role players last week, for Nyman and for Stokes and for Lancaster stepping up, and we got the same kind of development from guys we didn't count on this week with Cobb. Cobb had two receptions in three weeks. Today he stepped up. We also had Tyler Irvin show up for the first time this year, and we had guys like Keekley show up. I'm excited for the depth yet again. For guys that aren't the star player to show up and make plays, that is exciting for me, and that tells me we've got a solid team that can do some things. So depth, yeah, on display, Ian, as, as we talked about it, you might mean A.J. Dillon. Tyler Irvin's no longer on the team, but uh, if you're talking about A.J. Dillon, today was certainly his best day uh, of the season as he led the Packers in rushing and, and really popped off. I mean, he drives hard. You know he's a tough guy to bring down, but he found some space today. Uh, was one high knee step short of the end zone, ultimately led to an Aaron Rodgers pitch and catch to uh, Randall Cobb and, and making that a multi-touchdown day for Cobby. But it looked like Dylan was headed to the end zone before he got tripped up. 15 carries, 81 yards, 5-4 a carry for A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones also had 15 catches. So, you know, you get Jones near that 20-touch mark, which I think is a, kind of a benchmark for him. He did have the fumble, and you know, maybe that's why he sat out for a moment. Uh but you got to that fourth quarter, and he's starting to salt things away. It feels like A.J. Dillon's the guy you can really salt the game away with. But I love the balance here. 33 attempts for Aaron Rodgers, and you had, uh, I'm sorry, 36 attempts passing for Aaron Rodgers, and 30 total rushing attempts from the Packers running back. Really good balance tonight for the Packers. 27-17 the final. We'll get back with more. Coming up in just a moment here on the Packers Radio Network, hour number two of Packers OT. We will go into the locker room. We'll hear from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. We'll hear from Devondre Campbell, Burner, and continue to take your phone calls as well. Packers proud owners of a three-game winning streak. More coming up after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, 
Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers passes for 248 yards and two touchdowns. He also runs for a score. The Packers use a 17-point second quarter to fuel a 27-17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Up to five years, no interest. Five months, no first payments. Even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Hour number two of the program will take your calls until 9 o'clock here at 855-616-1620. Breaking down the Packers' 27-17 win over the Steelers, 855-616-1620. Stars, unsung heroes, we got all that. We'll get to it coming up here in uh, just a moment. But you know, trying to find a, a point in this game where it, it started to flip, I, there's always a turning point. We'll, we'll get to that official announcement coming up in here in a moment. But, you know, after the, I don't want to call it a fluke touchdown because it was a nice pass from Ben Roethlisberger. Deontay Johnson's a fine receiver. They beat Jair Alexander. It doesn't happen often, but it did on a deep ball. This is after the Packers deferred the kick. So I, I was waiting. I, I was writing down in my notes, when is the first caller? What's the over-under on how many calls we get saying, hey, you win the toss, just take the ball, go down and score. But we saw again, I think, why the Packers and Matt LaFleur like to defer. They like to double up on their opportunities when possible. And I, I guess it didn't play out 100% according to a plan for the Packers, but they did end the regular, uh, excuse me, the uh, second quarter, the first half here with a field goal. Started with the ball in the second half and got a field goal. So not touchdown, touchdown, but hey, you got points on the board and were able to double up possessions at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half. Of course, the Steelers scoring a touchdown early may have put you to the edge of your seats, but the Packers settled in, they recovered, and Pittsburgh was held pretty much in check the rest of the way. I brought this up before, but you know, touchdown in the fourth quarter. This is without Jair Alexander on the field, so, hey, take your pick. You've got Isaac Yottam on the field with a pretty talented receiving core. Uh, of course, Eric Stokes coming up with that interception uh, to sort of salt the game away. But this was a clean victory for the Green Bay Packers. Really, aside of that first drive, not a lot of penalties, just three on the day. You rush the ball for 130-plus yards, so you're able to get after it a little bit on the run against a good run defense. And defensively, forced a couple of turnovers, which is always nice to see. And special teams was, by and large, pretty good, um, with a couple of minor hiccups. So really just a, a clean win for the Packers over a team they are clearly better than. This is what you expect and hope to see, especially at Lambeau Field, the Packers beating up on an inferior opponent. That's what I watched tonight. 855-616-1620. Phil joins us next from Holcomb. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Phil. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. What you got? Uh, so... Love the offensive line play, love the balance on offense, but how many passes did Roethlisberger just miss receivers? little concerned about that piece of it and wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger looked terrible today. I mean, this was – he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was awful. Uh, ben Roethlisberger this season will have occasional magic. Because I think there's still a little bit in there, right? If you're a Hall of Famer, 
there's always a little something in you. Even Peyton Manning, when he didn't have the arm, he found a way to win a Super Bowl. I don't think the Steelers are going there. But there's occasional magic with Ben Roethlisberger. You didn't see much of that today. Maybe that first drive. That was a nice dime dropped in to Deontay Johnson over Jair Alexander. Uh, he stepped up in the pocket, delivered a good ball. But then, you know, the Kingsley Kiki sack, it, it, that's where I started to look at things and say, this just doesn't look right. This doesn't look like Ben Roethlisberger. Now, the dude is like 6'5", 250 pounds. And Kiki threw him down like a rag doll I, after just touching his arm. Like, you just don't see that with Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not used to seeing that. Uh, but I will agree. Uh, there were some opportunities missed, no doubt. And, and Roethlisberger was missing screen passes today. Uh, a couple of deep shots as well. They were picking on Eric Stokes, who I think by and large stood tall. Uh, then after Jair Alexander left the game, they were picking on Isaac Yadam, which you might expect. They were also in kind of pass-happy mode at that time. But I felt like the bulk of the throws Ben missed were before you got to that desperation zone in the fourth quarter. So I, I would love to see the tape. And watching this game back, I'm going to be curious to see just how many of those occasions was it open receiver bad throw. I had four marked down. There was probably a couple more than that. But I had four that I can recall even off the top of my head. Uh, but the last one I recall seeing was a screen pass. It's like, wow, how do you miss Najee Harris on a screen pass? He's right in front of you. Uh, so it was not a great performance. The Packers are going to see a better quarterback right now. I mean, today, a better quarterback and a better team today in the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow may not be a Hall of Famer, but he's a better quarterback today than Ben Roethlisberger. They'll see him next week uh, in Cincinnati, another road test. So uh, hopefully the news is good for Jair Alexander. Matt LaFleur didn't really have much to say about Alexander here after the game, uh, saying that we'll get it checked out. Uh, but when anytime, anytime you're carted off, I mean, it's just not a good sign. Jair Alexander leaving the game on a day the Packers played without Preston's, uh, excuse me, Zadarius Smith, who may be out for quite some time. A player who did play today and has played very well for the Packers since arriving is Devondre Campbell. Larry McCarron is standing by with Campbell for a locker room report, but just keep in mind, Campbell, he's new to this system. The system is new to Green Bay, right? This is all sort of getting your feet wet time for Devondre Campbell, but uh, he's not only been a tackling machine, but he also gets credited today with a quarterback hit and a pass defended. Watching him from the press box, uh, you can see his range on display. He stands out. Uh, He was lined up on Najee Harris as a receiver at times today. So versatility, I think, with Devondre Campbell, who is standing by with Larry McCarron in this locker room report. Devondre, how's it feel to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? How's this one feel? It feels good. Um, We knew we were playing against a well-coached team. They were hungry. They were in basically a must-win situation. So we knew we were going to get their best shot, and they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. They fought all the way up to the end. Um, I think we did a really good job of executing our game plan and just staying the course. Well, let's talk about you personally. I think it's like nine tackles, pass, defense, hit on the quarterback. I said this, I do the radio, and I said this during the broadcast, you just show up every game and you show up a ton. Are you kind of happy with the activity and the plays you're making? Because you're making a boatload of them. I'm just happy that, you know, I'm I'm finally getting the opportunity to showcase what I I can do. Like, I've always kind of been 
the Robin to somebody else's Batman and everybody else's scheme. You know, I've always felt like I've been a good player, but now I'm actually having the opportunity to showcase my talent. So I just really appreciate the Packers for giving me the opportunity. Your abilities allow the Packers to do a lot of different things with your abilities. For instance, for an inside linebacker, I see on the edges a lot, and I think that's because many times of your ability to cover receivers. Yeah, I mean, I've done it before. I've actually played um, Sam for a whole season. So as I told my coaches, I'm comfortable down on the line of scrimmage. I'm comfortable out in space. So there's not many things that I don't feel like I can do. So as you said, it just it just allows us to, to have some versatility within our scheme. So it's, it's a very good thing because, you know, it keeps offenses on the edge. Devondre, of course, you know, leadership starts with performance. You are a performer. Therefore, you are a leader already in your first year in Green Bay. Where is your defense at and where is it headed? Uh, I think we're taking steps. You know, that, that's, that's the goal every week is to get better. Um, our first outing didn't go the way we wanted it to, and we understood what the task was and that we needed to get better. And I think we're continuing to, to strive and get better and more comfortable with each other. That's really the big thing is us continuing to get comfortable with each other. So we, we have so much more that we can get better at. You know, even with the performance we did today, there are still some things that we can clean up. You know, we're going to enjoy this moment, come back, make the corrections, and get ready for next week. That's 34 tackles for Devondre Campbell in three games, his last three games here for the Packers. Thanks to Larry McCarron for standing by with Devondre Campbell. I'm being told by my intrepid producer, Greg Hill, we are late for NID, so why don't we do that? Let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves. 10 seconds for an ID on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. And I'm Greg Matzik. This is Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We'll get you an update on what else happened in the NFL here in Week 4 coming up in just a moment. But uh, finishing thoughts here on Devondre Campbell. You know, one of the things that stood out about Campbell when signed is durability. He started 16 games for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020. He started 15 of 16 games in 2019 for the Atlanta Falcons. He played in all 16, started in 15 of those games. And in 2018, played in all 16 games and started 13. In 2017, he started 16 games for the Atlanta Falcons. There's a trend here. So uh, he is on the field. He, he's not a guy who misses much time or has missed much time at all in his NFL career. That really stands out. He has started 78 games, uh, make it 79 games if you want to include today's against the Pittsburgh Steelers since he entered the league. And even as a rookie, he started 11 games as a rookie, uh, which is impressive as you're just getting on the field and getting your feet wet in the NFL as a 23-year-old. So durability stands out. He's 6'3". Size, that stands out, and he can move. You see that when you watch the game, I think, from the press box view. Packers linebackers have historically racked up a lot of tackles. It was not uncommon to see A.J. Hawk. It was not uncommon to see Blake Martinez earn tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. But did they ever really impact the game the way you felt they should? And I think ultimately the answer to that is no, and that's why, in part, the Packers have decided to move on. Christian Kirksey, it didn't work out. 
Chris Barnes, that was a nice find as an undrafted guy. And Kamal Martin, a guy they did draft a, a year ago, is no longer on the team. Neither is Christian Kirksey. It's the Barnes and Devondre Campbell show. You make those kinds of moves. You, you cut a, a, a former fifth-round pick because of a guy like Devondre Campbell. You feel that good about him. And he has stepped in and been a marvelous player here in a, a four-weeks' time on the field. New city, new team, new system, new everything for Devondre Campbell. Seems like he's playing with instinct as you watch him on the field. He's an interesting player to watch. A lot of fun to watch Devondre play uh, as it was today in the Packers' 27-17 win. Let's get you caught up on what else happened around the NFL. Time for a Cousins sub break. Cousins subs, we believe in better. How about that NFC North? The Packers are on top of the record of 3-1. and one. The Vikings are chasing. They fall to 1-2, and 1-3, and three, I should say, after a 14-7 loss to the Cleveland Browns. Came down to the final play from scrimmage. Three receivers left, two right, final play of the game. Trailing 14-7, Cousins takes the snap. He'll float out to the left. He'll throw to the end zone. Incomplete, in fact, uh, intercepted perhaps by John Johnson. That is the end of the game. Yeah, Paul Allen with the call here on the Vikings Radio Network. Minnesota led the game 7-0 after the first quarter. They did not score a single point the rest of the game. In Chicago, rookie quarterback Justin Fields made his second career start. It was the run game. That was Fields, his best friend. Fields on the handoff. Here's Williams banging down. And he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Right up the middle between the hash marks. Williams in from four yards. Jeff Joniak with the call, WBBN, the Bears Radio Network. That's Damian Williams with the touchdown. He took over lead back duties in the fourth quarter after David Montgomery, who scored two touchdowns on the day, suffered a knee injury. Early reports indicate it's just a hyperextension. Three rushing touchdowns for the Bears. They beat the now 0-4 Lions 21 to nothing. Big day for Patrick Mahomes with five touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill was on the receiving end of three. Third and six for the Chiefs, last play before the two-minute warning. Chiefs are going to throw it here, and Mahomes is throwing it up. He's got Tyreek Hill open, and pulls it in! Touchdown! Kansas City! A sellout blitz by the Eagles. It goes as a 44-yard touchdown! Call courtesy of the Chiefs Radio Network, a massive day for Hill. Three touchdowns, as I mentioned, 11 receptions for 186-yard. Kansas City all over Philadelphia by a score of 42-30. to 30. Elsewhere around the league in the NFC West, Seahawks over the 49ers, 28-21. It was the Cardinals hammering the Rams, 37-20. Arizona, 4-0 on the season. A matchup in the AFC in Denver with the upstart Broncos falling to the Baltimore Ravens 23-7. Both teams now 3-1 on the season. Good day for the state of New York. The Jets pick up victory number one, 27-24, overtime over the Titans. It was the Giants also using overtime to beat the Saints 27-21. Daniel Jones, 402 yards passing and two touchdowns in the win. Colts over the Dolphins, 27-17. The Cowboys improved to 3-1 and with a 38-26 win over the now 3-1 and Carolina Panthers. The Bills all over the Houston Texans, 40 to nothing. Bills 3-1, and Houston 1-3. and Entertaining game in Atlanta. It was the Washington football team scoring 12 points in the fourth quarter, coming back to beat the Falcons, 34-30. And Sunday night football, it's the Buccaneers over the Patriots, 3 nothing. 
about halfway through the second quarter. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 24-yard, here's a 29-yard field goal attempt. The kick is up. It is good. And Mason Crosby, with his second field goal today, now sets the streak at 24 consecutive field goals made. Most field goals made in a row in franchise history. A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Pretty impressive stuff from Mason Crosby. He is uh, 24 for his last 24. You heard Wayne Larrabee mention that. So $2,000 uh, donated today. Pretty impressive stuff from Mason Crosby. I, I thought that streak was coming to an end. And uh, I, it would have been in just the worst fashion, right? A blocked field goal returned the other way for a score just before the half. That's what we were looking at. I, I I saw the TV replay. I did not hear the commentary, so I don't, I don't know what they had to say about it. In fact, I did not hear any of the radio commentary as well, watching in the press box. It looked close, but it did look like uh, the offending player was offside, and it looked like Mason knew it. So he either saw the flag or realized, hey, I, I don't even need to chase this guy, because Mason took a couple hard steps as the ball was being picked up and returned the other way by Minka Fitzpatrick, and then he just stopped. So my gut feeling is that Mason either saw the flag and knew he was going to have to kick again because he knew it was on Pittsburgh and didn't want to run and take any of the gas out of his leg, so he just bailed. All right, Bobby Tunyon, you go get him. (laughs) Good luck. Fly down the field. You got this. That's what it looked like to me. But uh, 24 for his last 24, Mason Crosby, a new consecutive field goal make streak. He is the uh, owner of that, breaking his previous record of 23. Good stuff from Mason. Good stuff from Sartori Cheese. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here, we'll take your calls until 9 o'clock. 855-616-1620. You know, special teams is, is the one thing that it, it, it is such a mixed bag. Because you, you talk about special teams and say to yourself, well, it's it, it, it didn't look good today. Well, what didn't look good? Or what did look good? Because the kicking game, by and large is solid with Corey Bohorquez, who has been outstanding, and with Mason Crosby kicking field goals. Coverage units, I think this is the area where you get bogged down. Packers had a penalty tonight, uh, and teams are daring them to bring the ball out of the end zone. Uh, In fact, they're not even kicking it into the end zone. They're putting it down around the goal line and saying, good luck, go get it, see how far you can get. And it never seems like the Packers are starting on the sunny side of the 25-yard line. Uh, and I was watching today with binoculars. Just curiosity got the best of me. So I'm following Kylan Hill, and I'm trying to get a perspective of what he is seeing. And from my perspective, he just doesn't know where to go because nothing looks right. And there were two instances where players were jogging off the field after a Kylan Hill return, and they were gesturing to one another, like no, I kind of like I thought you were going to be there, and I, you should have been here, and I thought this was going to happen. Like it, it just doesn't seem dialed in to me. The return units, and this is on kickoff return coverage. It's also on their kickoff return team. Both sides of it, it just seems a little disjointed. I think the kicking game is great. I think the return game is is not, and and it needs help. Uh, so hopefully that rounds into form here. And today could have been a bit of a disaster. You talk about a momentum-changing play. I know there was a penalty, but think about the end of the San Francisco game when Mason Crosby hit that game-winning field goal. 
Did you see some of the still shots and how uncomfortably close the Niners were to blocking that kick? And he compounded with what you saw today. Here's my takeaway. The Packers got very lucky within an inch, maybe, of losing that game in San Francisco. And maybe just a fraction of a second from it being a momentum-changing play for the Pittsburgh Steelers on a day they got beat by 10 points. It's on tape. Teams feel like they can get after the Packers and block kicks. It is on tape. Teams are going to try and take advantage of this. It's got to be nipped in the bud. 855-616-1620. A couple open lines if you'd like to join us. We'll also dip back into the locker room and hear from Packers right tackle Billy Turner. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap Rodgers, fake to Dylan. Aaron bootlegs right, looking. He dumps it off right side. Got his man in the end zone. Touchdown right pylon in the end zone. A late throw, and the Packers on the board extend the lead. It is Randall Cobb. They beat Minka Fitzpatrick. Cobb's second touchdown reception of the day. The 420th passing touchdown for Aaron Rodgers that ties Dan Marina for sixth all-time. Packers with a 27-17 win. That touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb, our turning point of the game, presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places let's go to durand and talk to carrie you're on packers ot thanks for holding carrie hi there i'm a first time caller and a diehard packer fan like all your other listeners but uh i wanted to call tonight and uh just say how exciting it was to see them use randall cobb and it's kind of like seeing him in his domain or the zone in the middle where he is known for making things happen so that was, I just wanted to say that was just really exciting and I think got things really lit for a lot of people, at least the group I was watching it with. And also I wanted to give a shout-out to Dylan for how well he did um, making some things happen with the running game. It was fun to see him pound through there and, and create some plays as well. So I, I think we're seeing the Packers that we're familiar with, and, and it was really an exciting game. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Kerry. Hope you and your group had a, a good time watching today's game, a 27-17 win. You know, the running game has been a little bit stuck in neutral here. And, I mean, we can understand why with David Bakhtiari out, Nelton Jenkins out, and you've got two rookies. I mean, it's a work in progress. And when you get healthy and you get Elton Jenkins back at guard, you get David Bakhtiari, well, you want to talk about combo blocks and just what those guys on the field do? I mean, you're talking about all pro-caliber talent that's watching football right now. So... You don't look at these last two weeks against San Francisco and these last uh, today against Pittsburgh and say, "Well, this is where the running game gets on track." It just it, it, something's got to give. It's just you're not going to be great without two of your all pros. You're just not. But they've been okay. This offensive line group and the, and the running you saw from AJ Dillon tonight, I, I thought was excellent. Five four a carry that is winning football. Uh, Aaron Jones held in the threes. He also had a fumble. That's not great been a little bit of a slow go for Aaron Jones running the football, but that's, I think, due in part to the offensive line issues that the Packers are having. Uh, and when I say issues, I'm really talking about the shuffling of bodies, new guys, new faces, new places, whole, that whole thing. The best offensive lines in football typically are the ones who play together and have a lot of snaps and time on the field. 
and have that all-pro talent. That certainly doesn't hurt. The Packers will be there at some point when David Bakhtiari returns, hopefully you know, around the midpoint of the season. Uh, he's got quite a bit of work to do, and uh, we expect sooner for Elton Jenkins to be back on the field. But right now the Packers are getting by with uh, an unproven unit, and I think you applaud them for the work they've done. As for Randall Cobb, doing it at Lambeau Field today, two touchdown receptions. He entered the day with four catches altogether. And today he had six, including to a pair of touchdowns. So uh, always cool to see that, especially fun to see that here at Lambeau Field. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, it's Barry in California next on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Just a couple of comments. One, it was really, really nice to see Randall Cobb incorporated into the offense. I think when we knew that MBS was going to be out, that he was indeed going to be someone who was going to be targeted a lot. It's really good to see the community. Not only the, 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 I guess, the sort of like on-field communication with Aaron unspoken, but also the fact that he still got so much still left in the tank when he scored that first touchdown and he went through two defenders to get into the end zone and his intensity. So I think it really looks good for us in terms of our receiving core to continue to incorporate him. Um, I also want to agree with you about what you said about the snapping and the place holding. Mason Crosby, I remember, I very rarely watch exhibition games, but I did watch, I think, one against the Jets. And I do remember that there were some botched, you know, snaps, and, you know, Mason kind of looked down. And this is an integral part of the game. I mean, when you're talking about maybe winning or losing the game by a point or two, like we did the other day, this is something that really needs to be worked out. I don't really know who the holder is, um, and I don't even know who the long snapper is. I can't lie to you about that. But I think that's something that special teams definitely need to work <laughs> on. Other than that, I thought the defense played well today, and I'm very encouraged by uh, the way the team is methodically beginning to uh, heat up and uh, and kind of like flex their muscle each week. So I look forward to that. I think they said four of our next five games are on the road. And I think that's going to be a true test, including the game uh, when we play the Redskins on Sunday, and then we play the Cardinals four nights later on Thursday night football. I'll take your comments off the air, and thanks for taking my call. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it, Barry. Yeah, the Cardinals are a juggernaut right now. The NFC uh, West is a pretty tough division, no doubt about that. Uh, it, Randall Cobb's post-game comments I think are interesting because, you know, we all sort of assigned a role to him when he was brought back to the team. He'll be kind of a third-down guy. He'll be a, a, a guy Aaron Rodgers trusts and finds over the middle of the field in space, and he's you know still kind of shifty, and he's going to operate in that regard because he's never really been an outside speed burner receiver. He's always done his best work finding the soft spot in the zone, lining up in the slot, kind of a motion man. He was used out of the backfield at times with Mike McCarthy. And now he's back, and you know today he had a brilliant game. He was... He was a money-down receiver for Aaron Rodgers and found the end zone a couple of occasions. What is his role going forward? As Randall explains, he's not quite sure. I didn't know what to expect, and I think it's kind of better that way to not have any expectations. You know, like I said, since I've gotten here, we we got a great room. We got a lot of talented players, uh, a lot of receivers that can do different things, and we all have something special that we bring to the table, and uh, we're all going to be involved. We're all going to have opportunities throughout the season, um, and and it's about all of us producing because that's what's going to make us take that next step. Yeah, not necessarily a number two, not necessarily a number three or number four. He's just a proven veteran who Aaron Rodgers trusts infinitely. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it's back to work. You know, we celebrate tonight. We come in, we reset tomorrow, and we get back to work next week. 
and you never know how the game's going to go next week. You prepare yourself uh, the best you can to, to play and, and to be in certain positions, and you know we'll, we'll get shuffled around and things will move, and uh, you, you just got to be re- ready when your number's called. It's been since 2018 for Randall Cobb doing a Lambo leap. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to be out there with the fans again. Um, the atmosphere was unbelievable tonight. Had a lot of fun, you know, just being on this team. We, we got a lot of great players, and, and just seeing us put it together every week has been special. Yeah, never know who it's going to be any given night. Oftentimes it's Devontae Adams. Last week it was Aaron Jones. Tonight Randall Cobb stars in a 27-17 win. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. TMJ. Snap. Rodgers, deep drop, throws left side. Devontae's got it out of bounds. And there is your dagger. First down across the 35. At the 37-yard line of Green Bay, James Pierre, the man they turned inside out on the play for 12 yards and a first down. They pretty much salted things away for the Packers. Eric Stokes' interception of Ben Roethlisberger, also a candidate to be a, a dagger. It was sort of desperation time for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, who by and large struggled today. Uh, had an early touchdown, had a late touchdown, uh, but not much offense in between. The Steelers had 11 drives here. Just three resulted in points in a 27-17 loss to the Green Bay Packers. Got a few more moments to take your calls here at 855-616-1620. Packers OT is presented by Hello Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The biggest number that stands out to me is third down conversions. Uh, This is an area that, you know, early on in Matt LaFleur's tenure, it was kind of a struggle. And even a season ago, as the Packers were building a 13-13, uh, three resume against the NFL, the third down conversion rate was abnormally low for an offense that was just clicking on all cylinders. And for whatever reason, it just didn't didn't materialize. And you know, to see that take a step forward uh, so far this season, and especially tonight, nine of fifteen on third down. And, and so, what are the components of third down success? I, I think component number one is you're down a distance. And tonight, it was extremely manageable for the Packers on third down. Here's an example. Drive number one, it was a third and one, a third and three, a third and three, a third and five, and a third and four. That's all great stuff. That is all great stuff. Those are easy conversions. Well, not easy, but your playbook is wide open. And uh, a great example is on a third and three, What are you going to do? You want to run the ball with A.J. Dillon? You can do that. That's a decent opportunity to run. Or, if nothing else, you just give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to survey what the defense is doing and then maybe get the Packers into the best situation available given the look of the defense. And in that particular instance, it was a third and three, second drive of the game. It was a handoff to A.J. Dillon that netted four yards. T.J. Watt was in coverage. That is a win. On a third down, the money down in the NFL with T.J. Watt sliding into coverage. That that is a home run. Your playbook is wide open. Do what you need to do. And uh, it was a lot of manageable situations, I thought, for the Packers tonight. Uh, Even a third and eight. And there weren't many, third and eight or above. Uh, It was a third and eight where Rodgers found Kopp for a 23-yard touchdown strike. That was after the fumble. Uh, And I know it was just a 14-7 lead, but that was a, a 
pretty quick strike for the Packers uh, in taking a 14-7 lead after trailing 7 to nothing. In the second half, that's where the third downs, I don't want to say got haywire. It was just a little bit different. There was a third and seven, but converted. Another third and one. There was a third and goal, but it was from the 11-yard line after Aaron was, was he tripped? Was he not? It looked like he was tripped. It didn't look like it in real time, but certainly Rogers' reaction was uh, one of frustration. Uh, and replays indicated that uh, he was tripped as he made it a move up the gut and what I don't think would have resulted in a first down, but certainly got the Packers in a much more manageable third down situation. You just weren't looking at third and long much today. So 9 of 15, that's incredibly impressive for the Packers, and part of the reason why they earned a a rather convincing win tonight over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk to Bryce in Michigan. You're joining us on Packers OT. Hello, Bryce. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm driving back um, to the hotel tonight. I just got back from the game, and I just want to give a shout-out to the crowd. I lost my voice. I know um, the gold package gets a lot of flack, but uh, they showed up tonight and uh, made a real big impact on the game. I'll hang up and uh, hear what you got to say. Thanks. It, it was a lot for the get-go, Bryce. And, you know, the the worst thing that happened to a, you know, charged, ready-to-rock crowd here at Lambeau Field, 325, the Steelers are in town. you got Nance and Romo doing the game on TV. Wayne and Larry, right? You've been digesting the pregame and other things leading into the start of the game. And then the Steelers march right down the field and score a touchdown. Oh, boy. But it didn't take the wind out of the sails. I didn't feel that way. Uh, it was exceptionally loud, I thought, to start the game. Uh, the fans are great. Uh, it's just fun to see everybody here at Lambeau Field again. And uh, celebrating a victory. And a pretty convincing one. Uh, this game really turned in the second quarter where the Packers scored 17 points. I mean, the route was on to me when he got to halftime. And it was just a field goal the Packers connected on at the end of the half. Uh, but think about what could have been. The Packers took a 17-10 to 10 lead at the half, get the ball to start the second half. They were able to get a field goal on the board and then score a touchdown later in the quarter. But let's just say that, you know, I, the Steelers aren't offsides on that Mason Crosby field goal attempt. And instead of 17-3, to 3, the score in the second quarter, maybe you're talking about Pittsburgh scoring 10 points in that second quarter, and the Packers maybe having 14 so now you're talking about a 17-14 deficit instead of a 17-10 lead. It's a matter of inches, right? It's a matter of inches. It looked off sides to me, uh, and I think Mason Crosby thought that as well. But it was certainly close. There's no doubt about that. So a game of inches, yes. What could have been here at Lambeau Field? Thankfully it wasn't as the Packers prevail 27-17. to How did the rest of the NFC North prevail today? What about the late game? What's going on in Foxborough? Let's catch you up with an update here presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. We will go to the NFC. NFC West showdown in the Bay Area. 49ers and Seahawks. Russell Wilson was on point. Empty backfield. Three receivers to his right. Here comes the blitz. Russ throws inside. Ball is caught. DK makes the catch. Reaches for the goal line. Does he break the plane? Does he break the plane? He does. Touchdown, Seahawks. Steve Rabel with the call for KIRO, the Seahawks Broadcasting Network. One of two touchdown passes for Wilson. He also ran for a score. Seahawks over the 49ers, 28-21. to More from the NFC West. The Rams were unbeaten. No longer. The Arizona Cardinals remain undefeated. Murray and shotgun. Snap to Kyler. Short set. Moving to his right a little bit. Now throwing deep. 
Far side, and it's pulled in at the five-yard line by A.J. Green into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Green just too strong, too big, too athletic. Call courtesy of Dave Pash and the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. 37-20, the final Cardinals now 4-0 on the season. In the AFC late afternoon clash, Broncos and Ravens in Denver with a little Hollywood. Second and ten. Broncos rush four. Jackson with time. Going deep. He's looking at Hollywood Brown at the five. He reaches up and he makes a diving catch. Hollywood Brown. Welcome back to the end zone for a touchdown. Lamar Jackson to Marquise Hollywood Brown for the score, as called by Jerry Sandusky, WBL, the Ravens game day network. 316 yards passing for Lamar Jackson in the win. Quarterback situation for the Broncos is in question. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater left the game being evaluated for a concussion. Drew Locke came on to replace the injured Bridgewater. In Foxborough, the Patriots on a 7-3 lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are near the half in Foxborough. Entertaining game in Atlanta this afternoon with the Washington football team outlasting the Falcons 34-30. It was the Bills all over the Texans by a score of 40 to nothing. Two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground for Josh Allen. The Bears defeat the Lions 24-14. Detroit now 0-4 on the season. The Bears one game back of the Packers for the lead position in the NFC North. The Cowboys are 3-1. They use a 20-point third quarter to ease past the Carolina Panthers 36 to 28. It was the Colts over the Dolphins 27 to 17. Also in the NFC North, the Vikings are now one in three. They had a chance to tie the game, pending the extra point on the final play from scrimmage. But Kirk Cousins threw an interception in the end zone. The Browns earned the 14-7 win. It took overtime for the Giants and the Jets to earn victories today. Giants over the Saints in New Orleans. It was the Jets using the home field to outlast the Titans, 27-24. Chiefs over the Eagles, 42-30. Cardinals over the Rams, 37-20. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll wrap things up after this on the Packers Radio Network. Second down and about seven is how they mark it. Roethlisberger fires the left side. Intercepted by the rookie, Eric Stokes, on the interception. Pass intended for Deontay Johnson, and Stokes goes down near the Green Bay 45. Eric Stokes, whom they've been picking on all afternoon, finally turns the tables with his first career interception. Poetic justice. He's a fun guy to watch. Eric Stokes, the rookie first-round pick out of Georgia, pressed into duty without Kevin King, who remains sidelined. Now Jair Alexander, got to watch this. He could be sidelined for a period of time after suffering a shoulder injury. Jair Alexander carted off the field in the second half of today's game, a 27-17 win for the Packers. Packers OT presented by Pella, windows and doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik wrapping things up here. Uh, we'll do so in just a few moments. Um, I'm intrigued to see what happens here with Stokes, especially if Jair Alexander can't play. But now you talk about stepping into a a position where you're going to go on the road and face a Cincinnati Bengals team that is having some problems running the football with regularity, but they've got all sorts of weaponry uh, for Joe Burrow to throw to, including Jamar Chase, who Stokes is likely very familiar with, given his time playing in the SEC. Chase was a dominant receiver playing at LSU. Stokes, a speedy cornerback, playing at Georgia. You talk about speed to burn, they both have it. 
and Joe Burrow's uh, off to a fine start for a Bengals team that uh, well, it's off to a good start at three and one. So uh, both three and one teams they'll meet in Cincinnati a, a week from today, and then the Packers go to Chicago. They return home to face Washington. Then it's on the road at the undefeated Cardinals, and then you've got the Kansas City Chiefs to round out this five-game stretch. Four of the next five are going to be on the road. You've got the Cardinals, Chiefs, and Bengals as fierce-looking opponents. Uh, the Bears in Washington right now hovering along at 500. I'm not going to pretend that the Bears are in good shape at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, they still got major issues and major questions, I believe. Washington has been a, a little bit of a disappointment. Defensively, I think more than anything, they gave up 30 points to Atlanta on the road, but did emerge with a win playing with the backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke. The Cardinals look like the real deal, playing in the most challenging division, in my opinion, in the NFC for sure, maybe all of football. Uh, the Bengals are upstart. Young quarterback, some young receiving talent. Do they have enough on defense? That remains a question. And then, of course, the Chiefs are uber potent with Tyreek Hill on offense, Travis Kelsey, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. So uh, the Packers will not face, at least judging by the records right now, a team under 500 for quite some time. And uh, we knew this coming in. The Packers' schedule was significantly more difficult, on paper anyway, than it was a season ago. You never know how things are going to map out. You never know which team that was in the playoffs a year ago is you know, all of a sudden struggling. And maybe the Steelers are that team. Uh, but it's going to be earned for the Green Bay Packers. These next five and even six weeks, if you want to include a November 14th matchup against the Seahawks at Lambeau Field, as one to keep an eye on, and I certainly would. Uh, it's a challenging six-game stretch here for the Green Bay Packers. Up to the task three times in a row, starting with a Monday night matchup against the Lions, including a road trip to San Francisco, and then tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Impressive performance indeed. 27-17 the final. Larry McCarron still kind enough to stand around in the locker room with Billy Turner, the Packers' right tackle. Here's Larry and Billy in our locker room report. Billy on the broadcast. Now, I'm not making this up. We pick an offensive lineman of the game, and you were my pick as the offensive lineman of the game. How do you feel about tonight? I feel good, man. Anytime you walk away with a victory against a good opponent, a good defense at that, you know, you're always excited. But our mentality every week is to go one and all, so... I noticed T.J. Watt wasn't having much success in the first half, so at the start of the second half, I think they put him on the other side for the while. Did you notice that? I mean, yes, I noticed it, but, you know, the second half, a lot of those guys kind of started bouncing around a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, we did come away with a a victory, and, you know, I owe it to the rest of the guys on the offense and the rest of the guys on the team for being able to uh, be behind me, you know, when I'm going out there going against a a top-tier opponent like T.J. Watt. But not only that, being able to go out the second half, go down, score some points, and kind of put the way a game is definitely something that you hope for every game coming out of halftime. It's Billy Turner with Larry McCarron in a locker room report. Some of the numbers from today's game, Aaron Rodgers, 20 of 36 passing, 248 yards, two touchdowns through the air. He also had a rushing touchdown today. A.J. Dillon paced the Packers in rushing, 15 carries, 81 yards, 5.4, did a lot of that work in the second half with a long of 25. Randall Cobb, welcome back. Turn back the clock day at Lambeau Field. Five receptions, 69 yards, and two touchdowns for Cobb. Devontae Adams, 6 for 64. A fine afternoon. A couple turnovers as well for the Green Bay Packers. A couple sacks mixed in. For the second time in four opportunities, the Packers' defense holds an opponent to 17 points. 
We will meet you again following next week's matchup between the Packers and Bengals from Cincinnati. Uh, executive producer of the Packers Radio Network is Ashton Rotman. Coordinating producer, Greg Hill. I'm Greg Madzik saying thank you for being a part of our program each and every night. This has been a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.